You need to be a united front when you're talking about big or important issues with your kids. They're not for me, they're from the boys. I want them to see that this is how you treat someone who loves you and takes care of you. Parents just have to really try to come from a, a more peaceful place. You're listening to a special series on having the talks because one just isn't enough. You can now grab the newest card deck for parents and children by going to www.havingthetalks.com. Welcome to the Dear Young Married Couple Podcast. Today's episode is going to be on how to have hard conversation with your kids with Erica Suter. And Erica is a parenting expert, author, and journalist in New York. And she brings a lot of um, really good nuggets to the table having to do with our posture when we have these hard conversations, some do's and don'ts. And even some of her own experiences with her kids who are in two different age groups. Yes. And this is part of our series on having the talks. So all all these conversations are curated um, by lots of professionals about, you know, having these difficult conversations with your kids. And if you've been listening to the series, you know that we advocate for having the talks, plural, not having the talk, whether it's about sexuality or anything else. Um, but having talks plural throughout your child's life, um, starting at a very young age, as soon as they can talk, we ought to be having these talks. So listen in and get equipped in this episode. Well, welcome, Erica, to the podcast. We're so thankful to have you on today as a parenting expert. Welcome. Oh, thank you. I'm so excited to be here, guys. Aw. Well, you um, have written a book and mm-hmm. you've facilitated lots of parenting groups, mom groups, gone to lots of conferences. You're a journalist by trade, so you've done a lot of interviews on parenting um, Mm -hmm. for a parenting company, and we're excited to see what you have to say about how to have hard conversations with your kids. Yeah. I mean, this is something, this is an issue that follows you throughout parenthood, no matter how young or old your kids are. So this is the perfect topic. (laughs) Awesome. How old are your kids? Just so people know the experience from which you're speaking. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I have two boys. I have a 13-year-old and a four-year-old. So I'm getting the best of both worlds here, like tantrums and attitude. (laughs) For sure. Yeah. And I think there are so many many parents get stuck in the, how do I ask a good, like, how do I have these conversations? Mm And they don't even know what questions to prepare for. You know, it's just like this trepidation of something's coming and I don't know what and I don't know how I'll do it. Mm -hmm. So like, go ahead. I was going to say the first problem that I see when parents are struggling with this Mm -hmm. is that they haven't actually sat down together and talked through Mm -hmm. what all those issues are and what their their perspectives are. Because I talk to couples all the time Mm -hmm. who have completely different philosophies about major issues. And... And it's, you know, it doesn't come up till it comes up, right? And doesn't when you're Mm -hmm. dealing with with your kid. And then they're kind of like, they don't know where to go with it because they really haven't made a plan. Mm -hmm. So I think the first thing that parents have to do is sit down with each other Mm. and not in a moment of like tense tension or an argument or when you're frustrated, but like, okay, we've got to talk to uh, Lex about this. Where do you stand? Okay. How do we come together? How do we have a plan? How do we back each other up? Because kids really need to see parents, you know, you need to be a united front 
when you're talking about big or important issues with your kids. Oh, I love that. And how fitting we're on a marriage podcast right now. (laughs) And really the marriage is the central unit of the family and the kids are are not going to feel as confident about these conversations or feel as safe about these conversations if the parents aren't on the same page and supporting each other in those conversations. Yeah, that's 100% true. I actually write about that. You know, I would I get a lot of flack in my book because I actually say that, you know, of course our kids come first in our world. They're very important. Their needs come first, but you can't, that doesn't mean you put your marriage or relationship on the back burner. You have to have a strong union. Um, if, if you're together, if you have a partner and you're parenting together, you have to work on that relationship as well. So that it, it helps nurture your children in lots of ways. It mm-hmm. helps them um, learn about communication and teamwork and love and support. So I really always say that, you know, yes, our, our kids are very important and their needs are very important, mm-hmm. but you also have to take time to nurture your partnership. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's yeah, good. we actually have a saying and it's it's in one of our card decks, um, but it's a tip that we we give to parents. And it, we always say, kiss your spouse before you kiss the kids. And it's not about like just kissing, but it's it's this concept that the kids see that mommy and daddy are a united front. Mommy and daddy are together and they matter to each other and they find security in that. And the research supports it big time. Yes, it does. Absolutely. You know, my husband does this great thing. Um, I'm not a big fan of flowers and he always gives me flowers on um, Mother's Day and Valentine's Day. And I'm, and I, and I I'm a fan say, already, Erica. <laughs> <laughs> and I just like, it's such a waste of money. Don't bother. Don't bother getting me flowers. He's like, they're not for me. They're from the boys. I want them to see that this is how you treat someone who loves oh, you and good. takes care of you. Yes. I want them, you know, so we really do. I didn't even realize he was modeling that. But mm-hmm. now, I, you know, I'm really grateful every time I get flowers and they hand me and I'm like, oh, thank you. Love you, boys. And, you know, uh-huh. and it's just so our role is so important in lots of ways. Saying thank you after your, your partner cr- cooks a meal or helping mm-hmm. put away the dishes. There are lots of ways to show that you're supportive to your kids that will help them in all areas of their life. Yeah. Mm. Yes. That's so good. So like rewinding it a little bit when you said you know, it's, it's important to show that you guys are a united front. I think that's really important. Um, I think some parents would say, oh yeah, totally we are, but maybe there's you know times where you could just look at that and go, no, I don't, I'm not seeing that. When do you see it start breaking down, uh, for couples when you lo- look at them parenting and you're like, they're not, but maybe they think they are, but they're not. Well, I think that people don't have enough conversations beforehand. Like you really do. I'm a big fan of like notebooks and pens. Like I have them everywhere. And so I I feel like, um, and this is something I make my husband do and he's not always pleased. I'm like, okay, well, let's write down how we think this should go. And then let's trade notebooks or let's write down our thoughts about this and let's trade. You can also just say it directly. But I find that sometimes when it's a a tough subject that you may not agree totally on, when you're talking, it gets a little tense and it Mm -hmm. can get a little, people can get a little defensive. So I think like kind of writing it down and trading it, you know, over coffee or over, you know, um, when you're kind of like sitting there and relaxed and maybe the kids are playing or you're, Mm -hmm. you're out together. um, I think that's a, that's, a really good plan to have so that you can kind of sit and talk about the differences because there are lots of topics 
I mean, something as simple as sleepovers. That was actually a big debate in our house. Like I was a big fan of sleepovers. My husband was not. Mm -hmm. I felt it was a rite of passage. He felt like, what's wrong with our own beds? Like, (laughs) (laughs) like, yep. That's a perfect example. Perfect example. Yep. And so we, we hadn't talked about it. It just kind of, my son one day, it came up, the older one, he was like, seven. He's like, Oh, can I sleep over so-and-so's house? So I'm like, Oh yeah. You know, my husband's like, no, wait a minute. And so I was thinking we had never even talked about this thing. Mm -hmm. And, and it it was a source of tension for a while. And finally I was like, why don't you like sleepovers? Like what's going on? Like Mm -hmm. what, what is your fear? And then we, we, he told me, and I was like, you know, okay, so let's pick an age where we're both okay with it. Right. Um, I don't want it to be when he's 18. <laughs> I want it to be younger. Mm-hmm. And I know you don't want it to be when he's seven or eight. So let's pick an age and let's, nice. you know, work from there. And then um and then prepare, you know, all those things that you're concerned about, like a child speaking up if they're uncomfortable right. or telling you, you know, you work on all those skill sets that you want your child to have. But it took us a while to figure out how to do that together. That's why I write about this stuff, because these are things that helped me as a yes. parent, as I was actively parenting. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think that parents really have to come up with a game plan. And I'm not talking about a five hour conversation. I'm talking sure. about a conversation where you, you both can understand of where the other one's coming from so that you don't present. Yeah. Something that Chris has started doing and I've followed suit that I thought was very helpful, planting the seed that we are a united front front and just instead of them hopefully just observing that we are. But Mm -hmm. so our kids will, of course, try to divide us, right? Like, you know, (laughs) dad, can I have a bar? Um, Forrest, you know, we're going to have a bar or we're going to have lunch in just a minute. You know, we're good. He'll go walk in and ask Krista, you know, and, <laughs> and Krista started using this and I thought, oh, that's good. But she says, no, Forrest, I just heard daddy say, no, we always, mommy and daddy always agree. Mm. And, you know, it's, I, I think that's just helpful. Or at least we try to agree right. on yeah. everything. Yeah. And if yeah. we don't, we'll quickly work it out so that we do. Yeah. Yeah. And they'll see healthy conflict resolution because obviously two people living in the same household don't always agree. (laughs) But in terms of parenting, they know that when we make a decision for them as their parents. I'm going to back up the stance that she has. We're going to back each other up. Yeah. 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 And I think it's even okay when they know that you're not, you know, my older son is a little bit more astute. You know, he can tell, he'll, he'll know like where I lean on something or where his dad leans on Mm -hmm. something, but it doesn't mean that we're going to, not have a, a united decision, right? right? But I can explain how you can have age appropriate conversations with your kids. So even a 13 year old, you can say like, look, I know that it seems unreasonable, but here's why we're going to wait. And I, you know, here's why you can't do this. Or here's mm-hmm. why, you know, and I think it's okay to explain to them. It's not yeah. like you're, you're trying, you don't have to convince them because it's right. your decision. You're the parent, but you can explain where your thought process is oh, coming absolutely. from or yeah. why, you know, dad looks at it this way and why I'm going to back him up or, or sure. that kind of thing. So yeah. I do think like, yes, when they're little, they should think that you guys are like in armor together. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's like no breaking through this wall. Yes. <laughs> Forget it. You know, yep. um, I, I think when they get a little older and especially like, you know, that nine, 10, mm-hmm. yeah. when they, when they of, know, know they know, when they know. Mm-hmm. And um, it's okay to have age appropriate conversations about Absolutely. why decisions are made. Yeah. I like the way you said though, that you're not saying, well, daddy thinks this and I think this you're saying, here's why daddy thinks this. And here's why I'm backing him up. 
I yeah. love that because yeah. the child knows that you lean the other direction. Yeah. But giving your rationale for why you're choosing to be a united front, I think is powerful. Right. Yeah. 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 I, I, and opening that conversation up to not just like seeing so many parents just like, I put my foot down. No. Ah, uh, yeah. And not giving a reason. Yeah. And not giving any rationale or having a conversation. I mean, of course there's times, right? Like when, yeah, you've, we've all- <laughs> when you've told them 20 times, and like we've already <laughs> talked about this, but maybe when they do have a good question about something yeah. just to engage it. Absolutely. Yeah. They're human beings yeah. and they have reason too. Yeah. Yeah. And you also want them to begin to reason things through as well. Absolutely. Like, it's like, you know, it's not just like, okay, I'm doing this. And, you know, you, you want them to start thinking things through. It's kind of right. like, you know, like that old saying, like, like the old fashioned, like, oh, if your friends jump off a bridge, would you jump off a bridge? Like, oh, well, of course not. Like, you know, <laughs> so kids are like, you can't play video games for 12 hours because it's bad for your eyesight. It's bad for your attention span. <laughs> and we see how it affects you in school. Like I've actually had that conversation yes. with my teenager. I'm like, right. why? Like, but mom. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, and that's it. Like, it's, you know, so cut off the, cut off the Nintendo thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yes. yeah, but it's a, but you also too want, you know, it's, it's a, it's a tricky kind of, um, it's tricky because then some kids will always demand uh, an explanation. And then that's really annoying to parents. And then you yeah. get frustrated and you're like, because I just said so, just stop asking. Right. Um, so you're going to yep. have those moments too. There's yeah. no, there's Gotta no have perfect both. like formula for every time. Mm-hmm. Um, but you are, I, I always tell parents, you are the boss. You know, yes. we want it, We want our kids to like us and be our friends, but we're really not their buddies. We're, we're here to like, kind of like mold them and shape them and help them become hopefully really good people who do good things in the world. Mm-hmm. So um, I think that's the thing to remember. Your kids aren't always going to like you because you're going to set rules that they don't agree with. Yeah. Difference between friend and buddy. I yeah. like that. I like that. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Good because, distinction. You know, you hear parents say like, I'm not your friend. And I've always like, that's always made me kind of sad because- you know, I have a very good relationship with my parents and they are my friends as adults. And I feel like yeah. they we developed that friendship growing up. But I like the distinction you made between friend and buddy, like especially yeah. in a Christian sense, like I'm a friend of God, even though he's yeah. my heavenly father. He's also my friend, but oh, yeah. but he's not my buddy, buddy. Right. Like, <laughs> right. We don't, you know, I, I get buddy, buddy with, with my girlfriends different than yeah. I am with God. Yeah. So, yeah. and I think that's the same is true of like a parent and a child. We are friends and we develop that deep friendship over their, the, the lifespan of their childhood and teenhood. Um, but, but we aren't buddy, buddy. So right. I, I like and that. having, having these conversations really will develop yes. that bond. You know, I yes. noticed that and I didn't, even, I didn't, um, know how it would all work out you know i my time to bond with my older one would be like i'd take him to school and i'd pick him up mm-hmm. and so during that time when we don't have aiden kind of clamoring for my attention uh-huh. we talk about everything like the school day his friends um so-and-so has a new girlfriend yeah and that's friendship right there and it is, and I, you know, it's really nice that, like, I you know sometimes he'll come out of school, he's like, mom, mom, let's get in the car, I got something to tell you. And it's like, Aww. it's kind of cool. Yes. It's really, it, it feels good because, you know, that's actually, that's like the golden ticket here. Like, I just, I right. feel so lucky that yeah. he likes to share, like, fun details of his life Yay. with me or a little, you know. Yeah. Um, 
and I think that par- we can culti- we can cultivate that. Mm-hmm. And one of the reasons when we have these hard conversations is by not doing them in anger or not doing them when mm. things are tense and fraught or angry or people or there's someone just yelled or something like that. Like having having hard conversations. I know your your child says something that um, I'm trying to think of an example like. I'm almost telling me her child came home and said his friend was um, selling drugs out of his locker. Like a, it was like pot on uh-huh. his locker. And I, um, and so she freaked out. Mm-hmm. And so then he, he's, she says, now he's a stupid, doesn't tell her anything. Yeah. And I think that that's what most, you know, those kids are like, well, I, you know, cause she's like, I don't want you to talk to that person ever again. You can't, you know? Uh... And I think that like, you know, maybe, you know, being shocked, like you could be shocked by it and, and worried about it, but then being like, oh my gosh, like, well, how do you know? Um, have you seen it? Or, you know, I don't want you around it. And this is why it's really dangerous. You can get in mm. trouble, can ruin your life. Mm. Um, and then, you know, then you can decide as a parent, do you need to tell the other person's right. Yeah. And I think like, um, but it's reacting to your child in a calmer way helps them to continue to tell you things. And yep. I think that sometimes as parents, we get so freaked out. We just like, what, what are you doing? You know, or, or <laughs> and then your child, the course, the child retreats and, and clams up. So yes. if we can like teach ourselves to freak out on the inside. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I've, I've heard of like then, uh, having a STEM can be really helpful for when those moments come. Like you just have this on the back burner ready to go, even if you are freaking out on the inside or maybe even you couldn't help that your facial expression was kind of shocked. Um, but having a STEM where you say, I'm so glad you told me this or yes. thank you for telling me this. And even yeah. just that and pausing can get you on a safer trajectory with your child you know, so that they don't think, oh, this wasn't a good decision, right? Yeah. It's that immediate like, oh, this was a good decision. Mom's thankful that mm-hmm. I told her. Yeah. 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 Uh, so, so far we've talked about uh, topics that are more um, like about decisions. And so they come up, you know, like it's like, oh, this came up. And so now we need to make a decision, sleepovers, mm-hmm. um, you know, or video games or, you know, and then the issue that came up at school was more of a response like, oh, this came up. What are some topics that you find parents having a hard time bringing up that may not be decision oriented or in the moment oriented? It's just like the parent wants to, you know, initiate the conversation. Yeah. Initiate that convo. What, how, what are some of those topics that you, you hear of? I think a big one would be, um, when kids start becoming curious about the opposite sex or mm-hmm. sexuality or issues, you know, um, I think that one's very hard for parents. It's very uncomfortable. I mean, it's, yep. I, I, I'm like, ugh. it's like, yep. you know, no parent wants to like go there, but there, these are things in your kids, you know, it's naturally as they get older, yeah. this issue comes up and they become interested or curious or mm-hmm. for sure. So that's, that's a, big one. Yeah. I think in, I live in New York city. So a lot of parents here that I talk to are concerned about, um, you know, influences from the city and other ah. kids, you know, yeah. and, you know, kids see, here seem to grow up just really, really fast. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and, um, are a little, seem very worldly, very, very soon. You know, yeah. there are things that like, I, I didn't know about till I was much older that kids here are just, you know, yeah. it's just, yeah. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's, I, I think that's everywhere because obviously kids have access to information differently right. than when I was growing up, than we sure. were growing up. Yeah. So, um, 
so there's exposure. So it's like, um, I think that kids are, parents are very concerned about vaping and mm. um, smoking and those kinds of things. Yep. That's, that's one. And kids often hide that. And it's like, how do you broach it? And then if they found out about it, does it seem like they've been spying on them or that kind of mm. thing? Um, also, what is presented on social media, that's a huge one. Um, because sometimes kids don't have boundaries as to what is good and what is bad about presenting to the world. You know, parents have mm. a different idea of what's okay to share with the world. That's true. <laughs> right. <laughs> yes. So it's like, how do you have that? That's also um, a conversation. And then um, the other big one that, especially in the last couple of years, parents have talked a lot about how do they approach the topic of race mm-hmm. and um racial violence or discrimination and so that's another one that like um parents are struggling with Mm -hmm. um for for me i'll give you an example for for me the 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 race issue you know i had no intention of talking to my older child when he was really little about um racism i i just had no it was like he was little and i just Mm -hmm. thought well it'll Mm -hmm. come a time and when he was, I think it was, he was nine and he was at a camp outing in Times Square mm-hmm. and um, a, a man walked up to him and pushed him and called him a racial slur. And he's mm. nine. Wow. Oh my goodness. And I was like, okay, I guess this is time for that talk. With wow. Him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I think, you know, sometimes we don't want to have these talks and the world pushes us to have them because it's something in the news or something that happens, Mm -hmm. but it's really good to have, like you said, to be kind of armed with something where you can, um, you're, you're ready and that you have, you know, you don't have to have it all the whole, you know, 10 years of conversations planned out. It's really good to know how to broach something to help your kid feel safe or secure or ready or prepared mm-hmm. that's you know as much as you can uh, yeah how, how did you prepare for so that happened mm-hmm. you heard about it did you have the conversation right there on the spot like and you're just like oh my goodness this happened okay let's talk about it or how did you do like go into that whole conversation so the camp called like immediately and, or, you know, they said, oh, this incident happened. We're taking the kids into a play and this, we ushered them in. We called the, the theater security, but the guy had like, you know, disappeared into the mm-hmm. city crowd. And so when he got home, you know, I, you know, my son, that he didn't know what that word meant. He didn't mm-hmm. know what, you know. And so what we did is we explained to them, him that sometimes people are, you know, they don't understand or they're afraid or they don't, they think that because you look different, you are different and that makes them uh, uncomfortable and it's not mm-hmm. right. I mean, some, but they sometimes treat people differently because of it. And it's not right. It's not fair. But if something like that happens to you, I want you to please tell us mm-hmm. that, you know, and we're here to protect you and look out for you and we have your back and the people around you love you. And, you know, we, we try to, we try to surround him with people with similar values. You know, our, our church is a, is a really great example Mm -hmm. of that. And um, we, we rely very much on that community as well as the school community and our friend community. So we try to let him know that, you know, you have all these wonderful people in your world who love you and um, know what's right. And there are people in the world who don't, and you're going to be confronted. You're going to experience them and be confronted with them, but here's how you get help. Here's how you get support. And it's it's a a weird conversation to have. That's really good. Yeah, Yeah. it is. 
I like that approach because what you're doing is you're you're basically educating them on the reality of things, right? Like this exists and I'm going to tell you about it, even mm-hmm. if it's not right. And so you're saying, you know, some people do this, whatever this is. In this case, it was, you know, racism. Right. Because you don't want to damage his self-esteem uh-huh. or how he sees himself or, but well, you're tr- treading that, that fine line yeah. of, so that, or, or make him too, or make him fearful, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Scared right. of every, yeah. of everything. So it yeah. was just not, you know, we didn't like um, have endless conversations with him about it. We talked about it. And then as he got older, mm-hmm. um, we would talk about issues that happened in the news. Mm-hmm. Um, and now that he's a teenager, we talk about pretty much all, everything that comes yeah. up in the news, yeah. but you know, you, ha- mm-hmm. we, it's definitely age appropriate conversation. Yes. Um, we, we didn't let him see like video footage of things. Uh-huh. You know, we didn't think that was pro- appropriate for, right. for sure. a right. really little kid. So you have to decide what your child is ready for. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then, um, based on what your values are as a family, mm-hmm. um, you know, help them direct them through the situation. Yeah. That's so I love good. That. I love it. And and so much can be avoided and so much can be, uh, I don't know, empower. It could be empowering for a kid if they could, if the parents could just sit down and say, what is our child going to face? Yeah. Yeah. And what is a difficult mm-hmm. conversation mm-hmm. that's going to happen? Like I yep. better be prepared. Your original approach that you talked about of like getting together with your spouse ahead of time. Yeah. Brain I dump. Yeah. So good. Yeah. We have a we have a whole section in our having the talks card deck that um it is on when things don't go as God planned. And mm-hmm. it just covers all sorts of realities that exist today um, that we need to have conversations with our kids about, even if it's not things that we agree with. And um I love that approach that you mentioned where mm-hmm. it's like, hey, this happens, it's not okay. I'm gonna tell you about it, but I'm also gonna tell you how you can stay safe. How, what you can do if this comes up, mm-hmm. you know, if you're confronted with this um, and, you know, here's how we respond. Right. Here's yeah. how we respond lovingly. And yeah, I, I like that approach that you mentioned. Yeah. And I also think that, you know, in terms of like, when I talk about community, I also mean that they're friends. Like I love that. Um, and I hope it's not just by luck that my older son's friends are kind of like-minded. They stick up for each other. Mm, they tell, you know, they talk about what's right and wrong. And you no, know, that was very important for us to cultivate a community of extended friends and family that kind of have the same values. Mm-hmm. And I think that helps, that helps also keep your child on track. I mean, kids aren't perfect. They're going to be, course. you know, they're going to, of course, they're kids, <laughs> but you know, with, if, um, you know, something is wrong, that they're there to kind of support each other and kind of have each other's backs that way. Um, and I think that too, and this is a, another thing I write about in my book is that parents don't realize that their friendship, they're, they're modeling friendship as well with their own adult friendships, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So kids see what a supportive, good friendship and relationship is like from that as well. So, mm-hmm. you know, if you have girlfriends that you talk to and you share things with that make you feel good and you hang out with and they see you happy and interacting with them. Um, that's, that's really good. Mm-hmm. And if you have guy friends too, for dads. Absolutely. Dads, yep. It's, it's just really important for us to show them what a good friend does. Excellent. That is, that's a really good point. Mm-hmm. I haven't thought of that. Totally. I love it. I have more guy dates. 
<laughs> yes, absolutely. Go for it, babe. As he's planning his golf trip yep. today. Yeah. <laughs> so um, we've talked a little bit about like things that you don't do. You mentioned like, you know, when you are shocked about something, you don't don't turn them away or make them feel like they shouldn't have talked to you. What are some other don'ts when when it comes to hard conversations with your kids? Um, I don't yell. Yeah. That's <laughs> and, it's and, and, and it's really interesting because like, you know, in the pandemic, we're all so frustrated and we're kind of like short tempered and, um, you know, it's, it's easy to get frustrated and to express that frustration. Um, sorry, that was my mother walking back and forth. Uh, no worries. <laughs> <in the> <laughs> it's all right. We're all working from home. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So, you know, it's to not yell, to try to try to respond in a, in a more calm way. And I, I, and I say that because it's very hard to do, mm-hmm. you know, um, I mean, the other day Aiden like wrote on the wall and marker and I'm like, Oh, uh, dude, and I yelled in that moment. I thought, okay, I didn't have to yell. He knows it's wrong. That's why he hid to do it. You know, mm-hmm. just have a conversation with him and explain to him why we don't do that. We don't mess up our nice things. And, you know, mm-hmm. and blah, blah, blah. Um, so I think that parents just have to really try to come from a, pl- a more peaceful place. And if that, you know, for some of us, it's like praying every morning or mm-hmm. finding time to like center yourself. For some people, it's meditation, mm-hmm. but you have to find a way to kind of center yourself and find a little bit of relaxation and peace. And it'll help you approach, I think, really hard and frustrating things with mm-hmm. a little bit more peace. That's good. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm always praying for patience. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. For sure. And it's so true. Like when we start our day off, right. When we're centered, when we've prayed, we've read and we've connected ourselves. I personally am so much more patient with my kids when that's the case, you know, and when we miss those things, we're just more scattered. We're, we're more vulnerable to the flesh, you know? And I think another thing that we shouldn't do as parents is compare our children to each other or to, or to other children that we know that mm. maybe behave better or who are too more disciplined or, and I, I feel like, you know, we've all been guilty of that at some point, but um, you just don't, that's just, it never, it doesn't help their self-esteem. So true. You. Yep. Yeah. So true. It's funny. Like, you look back at your, you know, being a child and how many different directions all your friends that you never would have predicted, oh, this friend was, is now this and did that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's not gonna be helpful to do that to your kids, to other kids, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. you have no idea the what life is gonna yeah. produce in these people. Right. It's true. It's mm-hmm. true. Yep. Wow. Yeah. That's good. Any other don'ts that, that come to mind? You know, I think that, you know, sometimes we have these ideas in our head of what we want our kids to be like, like they're going to do this, or they're going to be like this, or they should do this. And I think as parents, sometimes we have to let kids natural interests develop. Mm. And we sometimes I, I notice this, especially with um, parents who are very into sports, and if they have a child who's not into sports, yes. 
it can be very hard to kind of let that go. <laughs> totally. Uh-huh. And not push your child into playing a sport. You don't have to play a sport. You just have to play a sport. And all your child's not sporty. And then they're miserable on right. the team. And, you know, that actually works against their self-esteem as opposed to building them up. Yes. Um, so find, you know, kids kids will develop natural, natural interests. You know, right. our older son, he, he developed an, in, an interest in creative writing. He writes plays and he's working on his cool. first novel. Oh like, my I goodness. Would never, That's amazing. You know, it, so it is. Awesome. So, you know, when he was younger, we're like, okay, do little league and do this. And then we'll just yeah. go wherever all of the other, you know, yeah. kids are, kids are doing. And then my little one is like a book, whatever. I want to kick a soccer ball. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? You don't want to write a play? <laughs> yeah. He, like, uh, can I hit something with a bat in it? Yeah. <laughs> so I think that, you know, sometimes we have to kind of encourage our children's natural talents and interests mm-hmm. as opposed to forcing them into what we think they should do or mm-hmm. be. And I think that everyone's in the end seems to be happier for it. There's just more peace in the house. There's your child feels more at peace and then you're less frustrated. But again, it takes work as a parent to kind of let go of maybe what you envision, you know, having the next, um, basketball star or baseball mm-hmm. star or whatever or or for parents who want musical kids with musical talent it's just mm. letting Same. your child mm-hmm. letting it you know their natural talents come through yeah so good so good well thank you so this is such <laughs> good helpful advice and information yes for people um could you tell us uh where people could find your book maybe a little bit more about that so people can be directed to your resources Oh, yeah. So my book is called How to Have a Kid and a Life, a Survival Guide. And I, <laughs> I love that title. <laughs> and I, I essentially wrote about everything that uh, moms or parents are kind of afraid to talk about, you know, when they, they're planning a child. You know, when you decide to have a baby or you're pregnant, you think about all the stuff you need, you know, the nursery, the crib, the car seat, the diapers, the cute clothes. And, you know, there are so many other things that change in your life that you just don't even think about because you're so focused on the stuff and yep. just the, having the baby here. So point. I wanted to write a book about all the other changes that happen in your life, your work life, your marriage, your, your relationships with people who don't have children, your relationships with other moms, like how to find time for yourself and what happens if you don't focus on yourself. Like what I found is that, um, through, I did hundreds of interviews for this book. And what I found was that if you don't give yourself some attention and have something for yourself, you are probably not the partner or parent that you want to be yep. because you, you still have to nurture those things that you loved before you had a family, whether it's a hobby or a uh, sporting activity or hanging out with your girlfriends or traveling with your sister, whatever it is, you still have to nurture that because that feeds a part of you that's still there, even though it's buried under laundry and play dates and <laughs> cool stuff. So yeah. well said. Yeah. So well said. Hear it, people. Yes. We're, yeah. we're dealing with yeah. clients on that issue this very week, yesterday, in fact. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That's fantastic. So, so it's like, yeah. And, and again, I, I can't um, stress enough, nurturing your partnership. That is also very important. Yes, your children are, you know, way up at the top of your to-do list, but here's how, what I want. I want you at the top. I want your partnership. And then I want your kids. That's good. (laughs) Yep. And every, every, you know, everyone benefits from that, you know, take care of yourself, take care of your relationship and take care of yourself. Because if you don't have anything in your cup, how are you going to pour into your marriage or your children? Right. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, so I just, so I wrote, I, I wrote this book for, um, parents and especially moms who often struggle with finding uh, time for themselves or meaning for themselves outside of their children. And I think it's really important that we do that. Uh, like those moms and parents, but moms specifically that define themselves as a mom mm-hmm. and outside of motherhood, they really don't have identity. Yeah. And what happens is when I, you know, I interviewed moms who have, you know, from new pregnant to having newborns to mm-hmm. having kids in college um, and some who are even grandparents. And it's like, what happens is there comes a time when those kids don't really need you as much or don't want you around as much because they're kind of independent. And then there's this like, okay, well, what do I do now? Mm-hmm. What I have, I created this entire identity around my children. My children don't need me anymore. And then, it, you know, there's a struggle. There's just like, what do I do? And sometimes mm-hmm. it leads to like feeling bad or feeling like a little lost. And so I'm trying to encourage parents and especially moms to kind of keep that a part of themselves, um, even with all the other responsibilities that they have. That's so good. And in an extreme of, of what you're just saying too would be the, the mother needing to be rescued by the kids, yeah. which also ends up to be a negative dynamic. Yeah. 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 You don't want to follow your kids to college. <laughs> no. <laughs> right. You won't have fun. You won't have fun. But I also, I write extensively about parenting and health. You can okay. um, follow me on Instagram at, at Erica Suter. Okay. Um, I have a website that's ericasuter.com, which I also have a lot of my work up on there. Okay. Um, but yeah, um, I, I, you know, I love this topic. It's so important. You yeah. know, family is incredibly important. And so is our emotional health. And so I'm so happy to have talked to you today and um, talk about our kids and how to yes talk to for sure okay so we'll put those in the show notes the link to your book um and then uh, at erica suter on instagram and erica suter.com for those who are listening and not looking at the show notes suter is s-o-u-t-e-r right mm-hmm. okay yeah that's right awesome all right so we like to close all of our podcasts out by asking you this question and mm-hmm. it's just um, a way for folks to be able to get a good nugget for their marriage. So rewind back to your first couple years of marriage. How long have you been married now? Oh, 18 years. 18 years. So rewind back 16 years ago or so and tell us the advice you wish you would have received and then fill in the blank, dear young married couple. Dear young married couple ask each other what you think parenthood will look like. I like that. I think a lot of times we have different perceptions of what it's going to be like to have a family life. Mm-hmm. You know, who stays home when the child is sick, who goes to all of the doctor's appointments, who, oh, these are, <laughs> these are mm-hmm. things that we don't really think about, but, you know, talk about like the nitty gritty. What is, what is the day to day parenthood look like? Oh, that's good. And yeah. so young married couples, if you're listening and do you're that. like, I'm going to do this, I'm going to have these conversations with my spouse. We've been married a year or two. Um, we recommend grab Erica's book because she talks about all those topics that don't often get discussed when you're in the midst of baby registry and car mm-hmm. seat and get the car seat in the back and get the hospital bag yeah. packed. Yeah. Yeah. So that's good, Erica. Thank you so much. This has been excellent. And I know it'll help equip lots of young parents out there. Thank you so much. It was so wonderful talking to you both. All right, friends. We really hope that you got a ton out of today's conversation. 
And if you want help, if you want personal guidance with individual counseling or couples counseling, or even help with you as a couple reaching the goals you have, just reach out. Give us a call at 916-678-1797 or shoot us an email at hello at dearyoungmarriedcouple.com. No matter where you are in the world or in your marriage, we can set up a counseling session with you and we can work toward progress. We also post marriage advice regularly on our Instagram, which is at Dear Young Married Couple. And we'd love for you to join us in conversation there. All right. See you next week.